Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. This is your host, Juliet Lamar. We have with us today... Peter Graham. He is a senior staff writer at VR Focus. Welcome, Peter. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi there. It's nice to be on here. Yeah, so why don't you um, kick us off with telling us a bit about VR Focus. Well, VR Focus is a dedicated news website. Um, for It was originally started for virtual reality um, back in uh, 2014. But as the years have gone on, uh, we've now branched out into not only VR, but also augmented reality, mixed reality, and all the technologies that obviously make up um, all the sort of immersive media that we're seeing at the moment. So you really are in the, in the forefront of the knowledge of what's happening right now and what to expect in the future. So why don't you give us an insight into, you know, how far we've come just in a short amount of time with VR? Well, VR's come on massively in the last few years. Um, see, it was all start really started um, about about six years ago by Oculus when they when they started uh, their Kickstarter for the the Rift the Rift headset. Obviously, since then things have moved on a great deal, I and mean, na- uh, nowadays we're seeing a lot of new headsets arrive um, for the VR space. But we're also seeing, obviously, a big boom in augmented reality. Uh, and that's been driven by mobile, um, by companies, obviously, like Google and Apple, who have created 
augmented reality uh, developer programs, which developers then use, and then obviously uh, create games and apps and all sorts of other weird and wonderful experiences uh, for consumers to use. Absolutely. And, you know, when I think of VR, my first thought is, you know, video games and like Ready Player One type things. <laughs> and yeah. VR is so much more than that. You know, it is it is there to create a user experience for, for gaming and whatnot, but it has so many other applications that people don't necessarily think about. So what are some of the, the applications that you're most excited about? Oh, certainly. Um, we cover literally anything to do with VR. Um, with, um, so any applications that, whether you're looking at medical, whether you're looking at industry, um, travel, um, sort of things for disabilities. There's so many um, different experiments going on uh, with VR and seeing what VR can actually achieve um, that it's actually quite bewildering at points. Um, so travel, for example, you can then, you can get, you see Google had Google Earth before you could obviously nip around, nip around the world. Now you've got Google Earth VR, so you can actually be on a sunny beach or, you know, you can travel to Tokyo. Um, you can actually be in no, almost physically, <laughs> almost physically, but not quite physically, <laughs> being be in another part of the world instantaneously. Uh, and uh, it's amazing to see and actually uh, immerse yourself in. Whereas things like uh, the, the medical side of things, um, a, a lot of that's going into the training. Um, so students are using uh, headsets so they, they, so they can actually watch uh, surgery going on. Um, so you can have, you know, hundreds of students watching a particular piece of surgery, you know, um, someone having their liver taken out or whatever, and they can all watch it and all be there with the surgeon at the same time, rather than obviously the surgeon having to deal with lots of students all, you know, hanging around the, the theatre at the same time. So it's uh, quite quite a, uh, amazing stuff that's going on at the moment. Absolutely. And... Uh, I recently had my first experience with VR when I was at an AT&T store. They had a whole VR thing set up, and that's why I went in. I saw it, and it was a big box, and you went in, and the headset was attached to the ceiling. You couldn't really move left or right or forward or backward too much, but uh, you know, when I had the headset on, it was, it was really immersive. It was great. I could look around myself 360. It was like a space shooter game, and it was excellent. I just remember how my brain really just accepted the reality that was that was now in front of it and when I'm playing the little shooter game uh when the bullets are coming at me you know I would duck down and my headset would come off and it's it's so interesting how our brain just accepts that reality it, it is um you instantly see it I, I've seen it with friends where they've played a horror game and something's creeped out from sort of around around their shoulder and they've instantly crumpled to the floor in fear um VR has a sort of great possibility um that, yeah, that great possibility of being able to so immerse yourself in a scene that you forget about the real world. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of people are surprised by how well VR actually works nowadays, because depending on how old you are, this is showing my age, from the, sort of the 90s, the early VR headsets that used to be about were atrocious. Uh, some maybe remember sort of like the Nintendo Virtual Boy. Um, that was kind of like VR, but nowadays it's a completely different uh, kettle of fish. Um, where it's it's all, it's almost unbelievable at points, and you you can almost get sort of photo realistic experiences that um, are, are no different from 
sort of the the games that you get on sort of Xbox or PlayStation. Well, exactly. And then the is it, it's the uncanny valley, right? When when reality, you can almost not tell what's real and what's not. And I think yeah. with a lot of these VR games, having much better uh, programming going into what you're seeing, it is going to be hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. It it is well it it is obviously there are a lot of developers wanting to create sort of hyper realistic experiences, but there on on the flip side there's a lot um, going a lot more creative, um, experimenting with what they can and can't do in VR. Um, ever since the the Rift launched in 2016, um, developers have been working out um, whether things can you know how how things move. And how things can be viewed in VR to obviously to how things are in real life. Um, for example, in VR, usually things aren't too close. Um, you can lean into you can with the HTC Vive or the, the Oculus Rift. You can lean in, but things start getting blurred. Yeah. Um, so developers usually keep things that are around about sort of two meters away from the from the player. So thing so uh, the objects still look crystal crystal clear and sharp. Um, and movement as well. Movement's been a massive uh, sort of bone of contention, really, um, because originally the uh, a lot of the experiences were sort of stationary. You weren't moving about. You were maybe standing still, shooting things that were around you, but you wouldn't move anywhere. Whereas nowadays, a lot of uh, VR enthusiasts want to be able to walk around an adventure like Skyrim VR, where you can explore an open world to your heart's content. Uh, if you want to stand up for hours and hours on on end in a you know in a virtuality simulator, um, for me, although <laughs> I sometimes like to have a sit down after work, so I'm not always wanting to stand up for every single VR experience. But uh, <laughs> those those ones where you can use room scale, where you can um, get completely involved in the area or the virtual world that's around you, uh, are some of the most um, interesting and innovative games that are out there. Now, uh, what was that game you just said, Sky? Skyrim VR. Skyrim VR. So how does that how does that work for a player? I'm not familiar with, with that. Um, with well, that. Skyrim VR, um, it's uh, a big open world adventure um, by Bethesda. Uh, they also make another one called Fallout 4 VR. Skyrim is your fantasy, classic fantasy Dungeons & Dragons style, whereas Fallout 4 VR is uh, your post-apocalyptic um, you know, after nuclear explosion type of thing. But this is, these are big open world ad- adventure games originally designed for consoles that have now been ported over to VR headsets and players can almost literally walk around these big expansive landscapes um, or they can use teleport if, if they do suffer from nausea. This is another going back to the movement side of things. Um, you, not every player will want to be able to walk around um, these landscapes because they'll suffer from nausea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why they've implemented teleportation. That's a very popular mechanic. But, the, but these games then mean you can, you can spend hours walking from one side, of the, one side to the other, um, fighting you know, monsters and collecting loot and creating sort of a digital online world for, uh, for yourself. Now, when you're walking around, what's to stop you from walking into something? <laughs> well, the headsets like uh, Oculus Rift and HTC Vive, um, they both have uh, systems um, that you set up um, 
prior to playing any game uh, during the setup phase, where you set up a boundary. It's like a chaperone, they call them chaperone systems. So depending on the area that you have to play in at, at home, um, you set it, you you sort of draw it out as such with your controller, and then the game will then know how big an area you've got to you've got to play in. Huh? How so, accurate is that? Could you, if you were in a house, for say, uh, could you draw out, you know, the living room, the kitchen, the bedrooms, and could you walk around the entirety of the house, or would it have to be like a square area, a rectangular area? It would be a square rectangular, square or rectangular area, because. Got it. These systems use uh, external sensors. Ah, okay. Uh, for HTC Vive, for example, you have two two sen- two wireless sensors which go co- go in opposite corners uh, of the same of the same room, and then you draw it out obviously around. You know, if you if you've got no n- nothing in the room whatsoever, you can obviously go wall to wall, or then draw draw it around. You know, desks, furniture, whatever else. Um, so you've got a minimum play area. And most of them do uh, recommend a minimum area, usually about 1.5 metres by about 2 metres. Um, but say like the HCC Vive system, for example, can go up to a maximum of 15 by 15 feet. Mm. So, it can go, so it can go quite large, but yeah. it just, just depends on how much you know, space you've got available. Um, Absolutely. But then you can, you can obviously then phys- physically walk around that area uh, to your heart's content. Um, and if you walk close to uh, a wall, or um, a piece of furniture, uh, then you'll get a grid system pop up to tell you, obviously, you're getting too close. Um, as far as when in the future, when looking in the future, I'm almost seeing like amusement parks getting rid of all of their rides. <laughs> and you go in and instead you sit in a fully immersive chair or you are in a room and you put on the headset and now this becomes the rides. I mean, that seems <laughs> like the, the more logical future of amusement parks as well we're already there um yeah. uh, an amusement park in china has just opened up which is offering uh vr rides so normal sort of roller coaster rides but you are wearing a headset um but there are plenty of the um, theme parks in the states uh in europe which are swapping their roller coasters uh for vr roller coasters so it's still using the same same roller coaster but you're putting on a, a headset so you're getting a, a visual experience as well as a physical sort of rushing experience as well. Wow. Um, so so they, they are really cool and they're, they're becoming a lot more popular. But also um, the old school um, arcades, the, the old video game arcades from the 80s and 90s, which obviously have pretty much uh, died a death. Uh, they are now starting to come back as VR arcades. Um, because the, the, the high-end headsets are quite expensive, so VR arcades offer an opportunity for people to play play these games um, for usually re- relatively cheap money. Um, either you sort of pay for uh, sort of a ten-minute session or an hourly session, and groups can go in as well if it's a multiplayer game. So there'd be four of you playing uh, a virtual reality game all in the same arcade. And how far away do you think we are from? relatively full immersion you know having a a suit on that's going to give us the feeling of a breeze or water or we can use all of our fingers you know gloves that would interact how far away do you think that reality is i still think we're a few years away from that uh that total image uh something i like to call the lawnmower man effect um because everyone knows that film from the early 90s (laughs) one of the famous sort of vr style films um I still think we're a little far away. Um, I don't think we're decades, 
um, because there's a, a lot of innovation going on. I've, I have seen suits being made with haptic feedback. Um, there are gloves, data gloves um, being made, so you can touch and feel, and you get uh, reactive. I, I tried one where you could, I, I was squeezing an egg, a, a virtual egg, and you could feel it break. Wow. Um, so there, there are, that was quite a bulky design, but there are lots of things going on uh, along, those, along those lines. But I would say, I would say in the next five to ten years, um, before we see something uh, truly uh, cons uh, consumer market worthy. Um, like I say, a lot, a lot of these are prototypes at the moment, um, or early designs. Some of them appear on Kickstarter, uh, and you can, you can sort of buy them. Um, but they are still very early, sort of first generation style um, technology. So I still, I would still say a minimum of maybe five years before we truly, we truly see something where you feel like you're properly immersed. Now, when I went into that that VR uh, experience at AT and T, they had a lot of headsets. So I went into the the box with you know the whole get up. But uh, they had a lot of headsets out on the display floor, and none of them worked. <laughs> I tried <laughs> every single one of them. None of them worked. Um, what are the biggest challenges to VR currently? What are the, the obstacles that we need to get over? One of the difficult, most difficult things with VR is explaining what it's like, um, and it's the demo side of things. You can you can talk for hours on end to someone about virtual reality. It's like you you can say, oh, it's amazing. I, I tried this. I shot this, or I could pick this up, and it felt like I was there. But unless you actually try it, you you're going to have no idea about it, and you're not really going to appreciate it. So these these demo locations, like you tried with Acer, um, are the, are really one of the the technical challenges that um, companies do need to get over. Um, getting as many people into VR as possible just to see what it's like. Once they, once they try it, then they can understand it and then either like it or dislike it after that. Um, but there are other, other uh, challenges as well. Uh, for example, the high-end headsets um, like Rift and HTC Vive, they're, they're still cabled. You can buy wireless attachments to to take away those those cables, but they're expensive. They're almost the same price as the actual headsets themselves. Mm. And so you, you want to, you know, get rid of the cables, um, bring down the cost as well, because it's it's still very expensive um, to get into VR, into to get into decent VR. I would say, um, like the room scale uh, type technology. You know, these are still, you know, you're going to be spending over a thousand, possibly around about a thousand dollars at least. Um, for a headset and a PC. Now, this is starting to change this year. Um, this week, in fact, Oculus has launched the Oculus Go standalone headset for $200. Um, and Lenovo has just launched a new headset income um, in partnership with Google. Um, that's the Lenovo Mirage Solo. And again, that's a standalone headset with everything built into it. Um, and the, both of those have launched today, uh, this week, sorry. So going to now into a little bit of AR, which, uh, you know, you're a VR company, but you might have some insight. For AR, how important is it for companies to start implementing augmented reality into, into their shopping experiences? Um, or into their company's experience? I feel like a lot of people are now expecting, expecting these, little, these little things to pop up or, or have Easter egg hunts within the stores and things. 
are you seeing a big push for that in consumer? I would, yes, I would say it's it's becoming more and more important. Um, there are the, there have been the early adopters uh, like IKEA, for example, um, where you can use their AR app um, to look at furniture and put it into your own home uh, and digitally look, you know, and digitally buy things. I think uh, Wayfair is another company that's also gone into this uh, AR technology, uh, so people can digitally sort of look at something they look look at a plant pot and see what it looks like in their own home um and i think a lot more companies are starting to realize that this is a new avenue for being able to sell their not only their products but their brands as well and it's 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 an important avenue for them to actually start recognizing uh in the in the long term because things are moving forward so so quickly um that before they know it they're uh, It'll already have moved on. They'll, they'll be they'll be well past obviously the the point of implementation, and uh, they'll admit they'll have missed their chance to actually jump on the AR bandwagon. That would be fantastic if I was at home online shopping on my phone, and I could go into my living room or kitchen or bedroom and try out you know a different duvet cover for my bed, or look at what these pillows look like on my couch, or you know should I paint these the walls these color and be able to really be in an online store but feel like i was there actually looking and feeling the products that would be fantastic exactly i i i thought it was brilliant uh for furniture see for, yes. for sofas especially you know they're big they're unwieldy you don't you you don't always know if they're going to fit or look right <laughs> with ar you literally can put it in front of your face and have a look and go yeah that works that doesn't work um there was another company recently whose name escapes me at the moment um, that were uh, have designed an AR app for when people are buying homes uh, and the homes are empty, so there's there's nothing in them, so the, the rooms are sparse, they look big and open, but you can't quite tell how the room is actually going to um, evolve, you know, when you put furniture in there, you know, how, how it um, suddenly shrinks down or how the, the ambience uh, changes. So there's, a, there's this AR, this company of, uh, created an AR app which will fill the room with furniture so you can walk around uh, a potential home and have a look uh, and see what it might what it may look like um, with with new furniture in and then obviously you can then go on and buy it if you wish. So many exciting things coming up in the future and I'm looking forward to how they're going to make my life easier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at VR Focus you have a lot going on, on the website so when people visit, you know, what are the top things you'd like them to, to immerse themselves in? When you come to VR Focus, the, the main thread that you'll see um, is the news feed. That's right front and center. So you'll be able to see all the latest news as it's, ha as it's happening or as we're, as we're getting it out as quickly as possible. Um, also on the top, you'll also see um, some of our latest picks um, in terms of the, the hot picks for news um, and, and what's going on in the world of VR, um, and also things like our previews and reviews. So obviously VR is, at the moment, still heavily making its money off video games. So we do review and preview a lot of video games ourselves, uh, and these will appear on the top of the, top of the website, but there's also obviously a separate section for them for you to, get, to go through and look through the, um, all the old, the old ones that we've done as well. Um, and if you scroll down, um, there's quite a lot to scroll down through because there's a lot, a lot of news going on. Um, but there's also features that we have, 
um, videos that we've created um, from events uh, around the world. Well, we'll definitely have to check it out. It's such an exciting website. I'm going to spend at least a couple hours on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. Yeah, definitely. Everyone should. <laughs> Well, Peter Graham, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast. It has been a pleasure to get your insight into the industry and to really brainstorm with you about all the exciting possibilities that are in our future. Thank you very much for having me. That was Peter Graham. He's the senior staff writer at VR Focus. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018. The Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here. Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. <laughs>